learning to be okay with that mysterious element of it, I think is, is an, a, for me at least is a very important part of how I'm creative, you know, that allows me to be creative is to say like, okay, well, I don't totally understand this thing. I don't totally understand where this is coming from. Um, so, but whatever, I'm just going to, going to follow it. I'm just going to pull on this thread that's being presented right now and see where it takes me. And, and that's part of the enjoyment of it. That's part of the surprise and the spontaneous and all of the wonderful things that, that creativity comes with, you know, it's a little adventure, you know, whenever you, you decide to engage in something creatively. There are these little adventures that that you go on um, that you don't always know what's going to happen from, from the next turn to the next turn to the next turn. And it might take you nowhere and it might take you somewhere really incredible. You know, you yeah. just got to kind of let go. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. People, people of the podcast world, welcome to another show with Brandon and Evan as we talk about the creative process, the artist process, particularly your creative process. That's what matters. And uh, I don't know if you're a, a searcher, somebody that's really trying to find your expression. Maybe you're trying to figure out how to do your craft better. Maybe you're trying to figure out how to write a script or write a song or do that painting or just figure out what creative outlet you want. Maybe you have a hobby and you get really creative about that. And that's kind of your expression. It's where you put your energy. It's, it's what you care about. It's what actually matters to you. These are the kind of things that we want to talk about. And I think today what's interesting is we had a very kind of detailed and deep talk leading up to this about finding your creative process. So we titled it that. And I, I feel like this episode maybe encompasses even more than that. There's, there's a lot that we wanted to try and jam into the title. <laughs> but you're here now, and uh, that's definitely a part of what we're going to try to do. And I, I, I'm excited to look into this, Evan, because this is one of those ones where I don't know exactly where it's going to go. It is something that I'm kind of investigating in my own life. Um, I feel like I do have a creative process in certain areas, but it's one of those things It's like deepening and it's, it's getting uh, enriched and it's growing. And I feel like as an artist, you know, I think the one thing I want to say before I pass it on to you is that, you know, creative people, they, they function more with their right brain, this, and, and they don't necessarily see the world the same way that people do with their left brain. It's, it's kind of a, an interesting thing about the world, right? And people with their left brain tend to be very linear, very functional, very practical, and they, they really thrive on a step-by-step -step kind of clear thing to do. But people in the right hemisphere who are creative, they, they can very much understand that, but it actually doesn't really work with them as well. And I know that's so true for me. It's like, I get what you're telling me. I totally understand 
that that's the way that people do it and it's effective and it's efficient and I get all that, but it's not quite fulfilling for me. And uh, this right part of my brain, it wants to inject some type of creative expression, some kind of creative outlet, some type of exploration, some element of play. So, you know, for me, I, I find that I have to really investigate my own way of going about a lot of stuff. So anyway, that's uh, something maybe that we'll get into. But uh, Evan, what are your thoughts, my man? Yeah, I mean, just to to pick up where you left things off there, you know, there's and, and there's the left brain, right brain, as as you were mentioning, but then there's the whole spectrum in between as well. You know, like most of us are a combination of these things. It's very rare that, you know, there's someone who's just like almost entirely, you know, one or the other. It's usually a mix, which is why I think this this discussion about, you know, getting to know your creative process uh, is so important because we're all different and everyone's going to have a different process. And there are things that will work for some people that just won't work for other people. Um, and uh, I think part of the challenge of this conversation, this topic, um, and what was part of the challenge of, of figuring out the title for this one as well is because, you know, it, there's, it's not a black and white thing. You know, creativity is, is, a, is a moving, fluid type of thing. Uh, and, you know, it's, so it's getting to know your creative process, not as a sense of like a system, but as more of, to me, it's more of a relationship, you know, and in many ways, I think getting to know your creative process is, is in many ways getting to know yourself. You know, getting to know um, who you are, how you work, how you engage with this uh, often mysterious thing that is creativity, uh, and and so it's not so much about for me, you know, finding a system. While though we may find um, that there are sort of systems or processes um, that are a bit more concrete that we can work with. Um, with a certain degree of success, but though that's not necessarily always going to work for you all the time. So it's really an ongoing, uh, investigation. It's, you know, a word that we were using potentially for the title in this one that you brought up was this seeking, right? Seeking this, you know, how we do this seeking, you know, um, seeking creativity creatively, Almost, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that geez, that could have been the title possibly <laughs> when we were, yeah, where was where was that an hour ago? Um, no, I'm happy with where we landed on this one, but yeah, like how, like seeking creativity creatively, um, you know, like the thing that you're both seeking with and seeking for is is almost one in the same thing, um. Because yeah, like there's never a pro a point in which you say it's like, all right, yeah, now I've got this all figured out. It's more our approach, our outlook, our perspective that we're taking with us, I think. And uh, you know, I I know I definitely I want to talk a little bit about the um you know the new Beatles doc and touch on some elements of that uh, because there were some really cool things in there that I want to bring up. I don't want to talk about them right now, um, Brandon. What do you got? 
where do you want to take this conversation? There are so many directions to take it because my creative brain is <laughs> on fire right now, trying to fire <laughs> off and go like, go here, go here, go here. Um, you know, I, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. I think like I studied psychology and I mean, I'm not by any means a psychiatrist, psychologist, but you know, I have a pretty well-versed in the, in, you know, understanding the brain and understanding just, you know, social psychology and certain things like that. But, um, and it's an endless study. I mean, you can just find so learn so much, but, uh, in my very basic understanding, I mean, from a left brain approach to life, if you look at it this way, it's like we invented the wheel. The left brain will help you come up with a better wheel, but the right brain will help you come up with the sewing machine or the wagon or the, you know, some, some creative thing with the wheel. Like what could we do with this wheel? Whereas the left brain will, once it knows the thing, it'll make you a better wagon. But then what can the creative brain do with a wagon. You know what I mean? It will, mm -hmm. you know, and so if you look at it this way, I really think that a creative process is not just right or left brain, but I think a lot of times people go, Oh, it's a right brain thing. Like creativity is right brain. It's like, well, no, not necessarily all right brain. I mean, right brain is an important part of it, but there is a left brain element where it's like, um, you know, this very practical, how do I make it better? How do I make it more functional? How do I systematize this thing into something consistent. And, you know, I've met people, um, actually one of my good friends, she is so right brained that it almost intimidates me how creative she is because I sometimes dare to think that I'm creative. And then I see her at work and I'm like, my God, <laughs> you're not talking about like, Leah, are you? Yeah. Yeah. We had her on the show. Yeah. We had her on the and show. Yeah. She's yeah. yeah. Check and, it out, uh, everyone. <laughs> I was going to reveal it, but you brought it there. Oh, sorry. I I ruined it. I ruined the surprise. No, you didn't at all. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, but people should check out her episode because I think that she brings in some really interesting ideas on creativity. Um, and the thing is, is that, you know, she's shared with me that one of her challenges is kind of, you know, thinking more at the left brain and like being more practical. And she's had to do a lot of work to kind of get herself to, and I think she's, she's figured it out. She figured out a way to, you know, create more consistency in her life and create certain things. And I think the left brain is very good for that, but you know, as an artist, like, I think one of the things as an artist is there's this kind of dream that you could just fully live in the right hemisphere and it could just be creativity everything's just just new uh, a new thing a new idea a new whatever but it's the left brain that's usually going to get it done that's going to actually make it that's going to be mm -hmm. you know like writing a script or a screenplay is very much like like that it's like you'll come up the the right side of the brain will come up with great characters and great ideas and great concepts but it's the left side of the brain that's actually going to write the script that's actually going to sit down and practically put the thing down with, you know, the words and, and the structure and all that stuff. So um, my point is, is that I don't think anybody should be like, Oh, I'm more left or I'm more right-brained or I'm, I'm not that creative or I'm more creative and, and think that you're better or worse. It's about finding 
something that works for you and recognizing, okay, this is a strength and this is maybe a weakness. And then figuring out a relationship, because one of the things you mentioned, Evan, was you, you, you mentioned, maybe we should call this um, being intimate with your, or getting an intimate relationship with your creative process. And it's kind of true. It's like getting a, a relationship between the right and left brain um, and your higher self, you want to call it that all mixed in and working together, mm-hmm. you know, as this cohesive unit that um, is totally unique to you because you work the way you work and your brain works the way it works and your whole life experience brought you this way and you're one of a kind. And um, no one can tell you that there's a right way or a better way for you. It's something you have to uncover and find on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly what works for you. And uh, I want to stick a little bit longer with this, you know, sort of right brain, left brain, you know, use of it. You know, I I, I think that there's probably more to it than that, um, but it's functional for the moment. Um, But, uh, you know, I think that there's either that that left brain part is really it's about focusing, right? Like it's about focusing the creativity. Right. It's not, I think too often it it can stamp out the creativity, which is not its function. Its function is to focus the creativity just as you would with a magnifying glass in the sun. You know, the creativity is this big, you know, is that big ball of gas, you know, shining down on everything. And it's big and it's broad and it covers everything. And then we bring that magnifying glass and it's like, OK, yeah, but now we need to focus it. We need to focus it to this point, or we need to focus it in some way, channel it in some way that makes it functional, that makes it usable. Um, you know, and I use that term fairly broadly here, you know, cause not art doesn't always have to be functional or, or whatever, but it, it, um, you know, there's, there's some sort of vision that it's, that it, that all of that creativity needs to, to feed into, you know, there's a communication, there's, however you want to look at what art is supposed to do or, you know, like that, that kind of thing, whatever you think it's supposed to do. Well, that's where that left brain comes in. It's just like, okay, like, let's, let's get it there. Let's, let's, you know, adjust it and move it and tilt it and, and whatever, so that we can, we can reach that point. Um, and for everybody, that's going to look a little bit different, you know, like for some people, it's like, yeah, you, you're going to need to figure out how, does your left brain come into that creativity? And maybe it's something that really needs to rein it in, you know, like, like, a, like a wild horse, you know, it's like, and you got to like break that horse so that it's, or maybe for some, for some people, it's like that left brain is just a gentle guide. It was just like, it's like, that's all really wonderful. Just remember to keep heading in that direction. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, right, 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 right. You know, like, and that's, and that's all it needs. Right. But yeah. That's up for everybody to discover and figure out. You need to figure out because nobody can tell you what your creative process is. Nobody can tell you what works for you, right? People can tell you what works for them and you are free to try those things out to, to see if it works for you. But if it doesn't, then it doesn't, you know, like there's no sense in, in trying to, you know, put a a round peg in a square hole, you know, or vice versa. Um, you know, figure out the things that, that work for you. And the only way you do that is by paying attention and being present to, to 
these different things that you try out, you know, it really is a, just in terms of figuring out process, that's, that's a whole creative thing of itself. You know, like there's the creative medium that you find yourself in and then there's the doing it, which is also a creative process. It's like you just got creativity on top of creativity on top of creativity, right? And the, the more you learn to engage with that uh, and not try to, to make it anything, but rather just see what it is, right? Can you just see what your actual creative, creative process is? Can you see how you actually just work? in your best, most optimal conditions and, and then trust those things and follow those things and where they, they're going to lead you. Yeah. There's, you know, there's something, uh, that comes into all of this, which is kind of that sense of play, which I think is really important because we can get very, we can get very like serious about our process. You know, we can get like, um, I don't know, like, okay, I got to get some stuff done. I got to get, you know, I, I got to do it. And it's like, yeah, but like part of your creative process might be at times seemingly aimless and unproductive and like you're goofing off and wasting time. And I think that, you know, it's one of those things that we have to learn to embrace. You know, it's not a, it's not always so straightforward. I mean, I would say that like most of my screenwriting occurs me walking down the street, thinking about the story more than me sitting down and actually writing the screenplay. Um, mm -hmm. Because I actually find at this point, like I'm very proficient writer. So like the script is almost like such a small part of the actual writing process the real like and i never used to i was never sure if this was work early on but, but i come to realize it is but if i want to write a screenplay part of my creative process is go for a walk get out of here go for a drive just go do something and let yourself think and and you know and like maybe even like play a video game or watch a movie or, or just do something. And, but with the intent, you know, and sometimes not even with the intent, you know, sometimes just because mm -hmm. you want to, <laughs> Yeah, but um, to that for sure. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that that's always good. I'm not saying that's always the answer, but I'm saying sometimes that's acceptable and you just have to figure out when. Um, but like, I remember when I wrote uh, that last one of the last scripts I wrote uh, features I wrote was um, uh, love lost. And I remember so vividly walking home from the cafe one day and it was only three or four blocks. And I came up with one of the pinnacle, most important scenes in the entire movie um, or at least the essence of it. And all it was, was me having a conversation in my mind about how these people were talking to each other and what was going on. And I remember it so vividly because it was such an important element to the story. And at the time, um, how do you measure that? You know, like it's so, it's so hard to measure because the amount of work that was done in that four block walk was 
probably more work than all the work of sitting down and structuring out certain things and trying to, you know, and, and, and trying to work out what the story was like that, because the creative process doesn't necessarily work like in a left brain kind of way. It doesn't work in a very measurable way. It's like you capture something, you capture like an essence, and then you have this like energy source, you know, if you want to call it that, and you're working from an energy source that is like feeding you. But until you've captured that energy source to work from, you don't have access to this whole world yet. And it's like, um, it's such a bizarre thing because even calling it an energy source or an essence, it's like such a nondescript kind of like fluffy way of describing what you're doing. But it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but like I was, I was, I had a feeling and it hit deep and that feeling like hit an oil well. And then the oil well of the story, you know, that, that source that it hit started spouting out. And once that started spouting out, I just had to figure out what to do with it. But until I hit that oil well, you know, if you want to call it that, I'm using a total analogy here. It just wasn't really accessible. And I knew that. And I never knew when I would strike oil. Mm-hmm. But part of the walking around, thinking about it, having conversations in my head uh, was searching for the oil and the essence and the energy source of the story. You know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 um, you know, and, and you just never know when you're going to hit it and you can't get frustrated that you haven't hit it yet. And you have to just let it be a searching thing, a searching or a seeking thing. It's just a part of the whole thing, at least for me. And maybe yeah. this is just me. I don't know, but I can tell you from my perspective, this is kind of how it works for me. I got to, I just got to go and search and, and seek, you know, and eventually I have to have faith and trust that I will eventually strike oil um, on a creative vein or whatever, or artery, and it will spout it out and it'll be like, okay, you got something here now, go with it. Yeah. 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 And, and I just want to say too, like, I, I don't think, you know, I, we did a, we did a podcast a while back. I don't remember when it was, but it was, we did one called something like, uh, what's wrong with a little mystery mm. or something, you know? And for me, it's like creativity. There's just something, something inherently mysterious about it. You know, like from all, for all the guests, we ask every guest that we have on the show, where do you think creativity comes from? And everybody's got a different fucking answer, <laughs> you know, like it's so that, that just, to me, it just goes to show you, um, creativity is one of those things where. You know, I, and I've seen people try to just rationalize creativity and where it comes from. And I always find it a little bit comical to a certain extent, you know, because very often when I hear these these very rational explanations uh, for it, these very materialistic explanations of creativity, I, I often find it's just like, I don't think you know anything about creativity, you know, to a certain extent. But hey, whatever works for, I, I, I'll just speak for myself. If that works for you, if that helps to get you creative, just think of it in, in the sense of, no, it's just nuts and bolts of, you know, the, 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 you know, the conscious and the subconscious working on something and then it pieces together, you know, in, in the cells in your brain and suddenly you have creativity. I mean, it's still, even, even in those explanations, there's still this element of like, it just sort of springs out of nowhere. 
um, there's still like, there's no getting around that, that, that element of when it, when creativity sort of happens, those aha moments, they do have this, there's this quality to them. There's this experience of them that it's just like, it, it just seems to just burst forth from a place that you don't totally understand. Um, that just kind of grips you, uh, and won't let you go. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with talking about it as like essence and things like that, because it's a challenging thing to talk about. We use the best language that we have to describe this experience of creativity, um, which is something that is a living dynamic thing, you know, yeah. like it's not something that you can, that, that can be pinned down. It's just, again, it's something that you engage with, that you have a relationship with, that you respond to. Like it's, it's a living thing. Creativity is a living thing. Uh, so, you know, there's, I don't think we should be afraid of, of, of thinking of it and, and allowing it to be somewhat mysterious. To me, that's part of the fun of creativity is that there is something a little mysterious about it. That's okay. You know, that's totally okay. What like, like learning to be okay with that mysterious element of it, I think is, is an, a, for me at least is a very important part of how I'm creative, mm -hmm. you know, that allows me to be creative is to say like, okay, well, I don't totally understand this thing. I don't totally understand where this is coming from. Um, so, but whatever, I'm just gonna, gonna follow it. I'm just gonna pull on this thread that's being presented right now and see where it takes me. And, and that's part of the enjoyment of it. That's part of the surprise and the spontaneous and all of the wonderful things that, that creativity comes with, you know, it's a little adventure, you know, whenever you, you decide to engage in something creatively, there are these little adventures that, that you go on, um, that you don't always know what's going to happen from, from the next turn to the next turn to the next turn. And it might take you nowhere and it might take you somewhere really incredible. You know, you yeah. just got to kind of let go. And I think a lot of the time it's going to take you nowhere. It's going to take you to places that don't end up being the promised land, you know, or the striking oil experience. I mean, I, the amount of creative ideas that I have in a given day are, are <laughs> like unfathomable. I don't even know. Like I don't keep track. And I have moments where I'm like, oh man, that would be a great story. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, maybe I'll do it later. Maybe not, but it didn't really stick with me. And I just let it go and I move on. And then another one comes and, you know, and it's, um, and I don't, I don't think that I have anything special about me that, that people, pe other people don't have. Like, I do think like I have a uniqueness about me. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think that I have some special ability that's extremely rare and other people don't have it. I think what I have is I have this like really, really strong desire to let my imagination run and have time to do that. So I, I, whether I know I'm doing it or not, I carve time in my day to be on my own and like be creative. And I don't even know I'm doing it. Like it's become like breathing to me. It's just such a normal thing that I do, but because I give myself that 
meditative, creative time, I have the freedom to, to really explore creativity. And, and something I found is that when everything is taken care of, like when all my bills are paid and I know I got food in the fridge and whatever, and I know that I don't really have any worries and things are relatively like in a pretty good, solid place. And there's nothing pressing for me to be anywhere or do anything, or, you know, I'm not overly busy. This is the most nutrient ground that I can work from. So I think a lot of artists don't realize how creative they are because they're constantly struggling to just pay the bills and get to work. And, and they, they busy themselves with social stuff and, and doing all these things that they have no time to let their creative self just have space. And I never got through the whole book, Evan, but um, The Artist Way, uh, which oh, yeah. is a book and a process, um, we're way of the artist. <laughs> this is the artist way. Um, but it's a, it's an interesting idea because she suggests that you take yourself out on dates as an artist. Like you, and, and that always kind of uh, resonated with me that, you know, you, you do this, you, you, you treat your creative self like a friend, like a, like a, like a really important person in your life. And you, you know, you say like, Hey, we're going to hang out. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you like, you, you like, and you, and you let yourself be with that. And, um, you know, when you don't, when you don't get all caught up in like, I feel lonely or I feel bored and you don't like get caught up in that stuff and you let yourself be with you and you, you know, man, there is an incredible resource there. And, and I think a lot of people never really find out about that because they just get distracted all the time and they always feel like they need to be busy. And I think it's, it's a, it's a lot to do with our society and culture, a lot to do with the problems of our education system and the industrial revolution that led us here because it's all about productivity and getting work done and stuff. But, um, I think we're moving into a new age for better or worse, but I do think that we're going to have more time, more leisure. And I think it's going to be either instead of being busy work, doing productive, I think people are either going to distract themselves, which will probably be most people, but for artists out there, take some time out of the day where you're not distracted. Take some time out of the day where you just, just keep it real simple be with you, you know, and, 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 and don't expect anything, just start doing it as like a, a self-care thing. And I, I think you'll find some pretty magical stuff. happens. Yes. Yeah. Like just having little things that, that you do. And this is again, what we're talking about, like exploring, exploring and discovering and all this stuff of, of a little bit more of what your creative process looks like you know like and and there are some things that uh seem to work for a lot of people but not necessarily but you know things like taking a walk out in nature or sometimes not even a walk out in nature sometimes people like walking late at night in the city or something like that you know or just there's certain there are certain times spaces whatever where it just gets your creative juices flowing where it establishes some connection it there's it captures your imagination you know and and it pulls all of these things out of you and 
you know, you've got to find, you've got to find that stuff out for yourself. You know, like you, you really do. And, and yeah, like Julia Cameron's, you know, the artist's way is, uh, you know, it's one of these seminal books on, on creativity. And, and when you think about that book, like so much of it is just like, it, it is, it's, it's working on that connection and building that relationship, as you said, almost like it's, you know, it's a roommate, you know, like it's, it's a, it's an entity that's, that's rooming with you in your body, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and developing that relationship, having a healthy relationship with it and, and listening to it and, um, and, and yeah, just continuing to find ways, uh, that you can engage with, with creativity more and more in your life. And all of the, these different processes that you find, like there's, they're going to range in all types of, of different ways. You know, like you're talking about, uh, you know, just, yeah, like taking a walk, right? Like getting, getting out and that's important work for you to do that, you know, is not quite as easy to, to measure in any concrete terms, but there is something concrete in the sense that it, it has real creative benefit. So, um, for you and only you can know that. So that becomes part of your practice. That becomes part of what you do and you make time for that. You, you, you take care to make sure that you, you make time for that, that in your life. Um, you know, and even something for me, I, I was telling you a little bit about this before we started recording, but one of these things I learned about myself is, you know, I used to go and buy myself like these like nice little notebooks and things it's like, all right, this is going to be my notebook for, you know, working on parts or my notebook for working on, uh, you know, a, a new script, my notebook for writing songs in or, or blah, 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 all this stuff. And so many of those notebooks just ended up sitting and doing fuck all, you know, like they just, they're, they, they don't really get used. And that's because for me, uh, I get way too precious about it. You know, there's like, there's, there's too much of a performance. There's too much of a thing behind pulling out this special book to, to do whatever this work is. So at some point I realized like, oh, I'm just going to start buying like yellow legal note pad basically because there's for there's something so unprecious about it that it allows me to just be creative it allows me to just spitball to just throw ideas onto the onto a piece of paper dispose of it you know like i'm not attached to any of it like it's it it frees me in in a very and it's such a simple stupid little thing but it it actually has a significant impact on my creativity and I know that there are people who are completely the opposite from me. There are people who thrive with having that special book in which they do it because by having that book, it calls them to it. They're like, oh, okay, there's that book. It, it like just seeing that inspires me to just start writing something in it, to start working on something in it, you know, and, and I get that, right? So for me, that doesn't work. That was an idea that, I picked up along the way. It's like, oh, have a special book to, to put all this stuff in. And it doesn't work for me. You know, I tried it. It doesn't work. And, and I've tried it over and over and over again until finally I just, uh, like, at some point I figured out, Evan, that doesn't work. 
<laughs> just buy some, just buy some bullshit notepads, man. Like just something that you can scribble shit on because otherwise you just get way too in your head about it. You got to, you're trying to make, make it into something, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't allow you to just be creative in it. So, you know, those are the kinds of books that, that you keep for when you have a clear something to put into it. You know, like after you've, after you've hashed it all out in your just, in your notepads, now you, if you want to, you can write it in one of these books. But for the most part, like it's just, they're, they're not, they're not as useful for me. Hey, it's Evan with a quick public service announcement. If you're enjoying the conversation you're hearing and finding it helpful, then please help us and take a second to subscribe to the podcast. And we can all be people helping other people. And that's awesome. Now back to the show. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, man, it's, uh, I can relate to that because I have, I have, I think 13 handwritten journals that I've done over the course of my life. And these are like 400 page books. Um, and they're like hard cover, really nice paper, um, journals. And, uh, the thing that I, well, most of them are 400 pages. Some, a, a few of the later ones were like 200 pages, but they're a little bigger. Anyway, the point is, is that, um, they're very, like, I'm very precious about them. They are very important to me. And like, they're, they're written from the place of when I would write in them, I would write in them when I had something I really needed to get out and say, and they were, and I always wrote in pen. And that was a really important thing for me because it's like, this is not, I'm not going to change this later. I like, like it's going to be the way it was written. It's not going to be edited, but it's going to be raw and real. And it's going to be about something that's important. And so I would title every single entry I did and I would keep track of it in the front of the book. And I would create all these um, I'd write the page number that the entry was on and I would write the title and uh, I might even write the date, but I would always write the date, at least on the page. And my thought was like, you know, when I started doing this, I so silly. I was just a kid. I was like 16, 17 years old, I guess. And I, I called it the acting self. And the reason why I called it that was because um, it was partly to do with acting. And I was like, well, how am I ever supposed to play a character if I don't even know who the hell I am? So I was like, um, let me figure out who's the guy that's actually doing the acting. Right. But then it, there was a certain time, like after a few years of writing this thing, I was like, oh, this is even more philosophical. This is like, this is th the part of me that's acting all this stuff out. That's taking action on all this. Like who, and I, I started to realize like, okay, cause I came to a realization at a certain point that I will never know who I am because I'm always changing. And every time I think I've dialed it in and got it, I've changed so much that I don't know who I am anymore. I might be close, but I'm always a little bit like, it's always a little bit of a search. And anyway, this became something that I did for, for years. Um, and, uh, that, you know, it's, it's, it's a certain kind of writing. And if I didn't really feel like I had something to say, then I wouldn't write in it. But if I did, I would, Later in my writing process, I started to do a thing where I would write on uh, like digitally and it's like, whatever, like I would just write day to day. Like I woke up 
a little late today and I went and got a coffee and I went for a walk. This was a thought I had and here's what I'm struggling with. And it was just a bunch of benign bullshit. But the benign bullshit would usually, not always, but sometimes lead to something really cool and profound. But it was more of a, a daily habit. And I think the thing is, is like my point is, is that the way you do your process and the way you approach it is important because I think creativity, it it, it has a time, and which is probably most of the time, where you don't want to make it too precious. You know, where you, you know, like when we're coming up with a title for an episode, we throw out some ideas. I'm like, ah, no, that won't work. Okay, let's try this. Okay, maybe we're close. I like this. I don't necessarily like that part of it. Sometimes we come across the title and then we try several others before we come back to that title, you know, and this is the creative process. It's like um, a trial and error. Mm -hmm. And I think that what people are, would be, would be good to embrace is that you, you accept that there's a certain amount of mistake and failure and going down the wrong path and coming back and then finding your way back onto, okay, let's try this. Let's go down that road a little bit longer. Um, it's an exploration. And when you take the exploration out of your creative process, I don't know if you're creative anymore. You know, mm-hmm. um, even when I was doing those journal entries, and I would write in pen and they would be in my precious little book. If I messed up a word, I scratched it out or I tried to write over it. But if it was not repairable, I had to scratch it out and move on. And I hated that. I'm like, ah, I made a mistake. Yeah. It's like, you know what? It's going to happen every now and then. Right. But I'm going to, but the way I looked at it was like, I'm going to be accountable to expressing how I feel. That's why I wrote in pen. And that's why I wrote in this book. And sometimes I think back to some of those entries and I go, oh man, like, what were you doing writing that? But it's like, you know what? That's me getting truthful. And that's what I needed. I'm not saying everybody needs that, but I needed, like, I needed to be really truthful with myself in a way where um, it would help me to, to not pretend to be anything other than what I am. And there's who I think I am. And then there's who I actually am. And the journal helped me to see a little bit more who I actually am. And that was helpful in my creative process to get me um, away from not feeling good enough because most of my life, and just to kind of bring this full circle in a way, in most of my life, I, I didn't feel good enough. Um, you know, I was bullied in school. I wasn't included, you know, there's lots of stuff that happened. Um, so a lot of my life was to try and feel good enough and to feel liked and to do all this. So there was a lot of, um, whether I meant to do it or not, like posturing and just trying to, you know, play the game and fit in and all that stuff. But the journal was a place where I could, um, get real about that. And then I slowly broke down that need to be accepted, that need to be liked. And it freed me. Um, and it was just the way I did it, you know? but I'm not saying you need to do that. I'm just saying like, I figured that out on my own. No one told me to do that. Yeah. It was something that I felt called to do and I was, and I did it and it worked. And I think that this is kind of the creative process is you just find something. And if it seems like it's going to work for you, try it out. And maybe, you know, maybe uh, you, you, uh, you stumble across something. 
Those journals are some of the most important things I've ever written in my entire life. I probably will never share them with anybody. Um, maybe, I don't know, but um, they were a very, very important part of my process. And I've come a long way because of them. They were super helpful. You know, they were my therapist in a way um, that I didn't know I needed, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it gave me a lot of insight, not only into myself, but it actually gave me a lot of insight into other people. And uh, I find a lot of my clients are very grateful um, for things that I see in them, but it's because I was really, really honest with myself that way, but you just never know. <laughs> That's the point, I guess. You just never know where any of this stuff's going to lead or why you're doing it, but you do what you need to do to, to carry on and to keep yourself going, you know, and to, to create and live a life that you feel, um, you, you, you know, feels fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm such an advocate for, you know, every, everyone to journal, to, to do what you're, you know, describing. Um, journaling is such a great space for that. And uh, I'm going to say, a, I'm going to say a word here that uh, hopefully doesn't offend anybody too, too, too much here. Um, cause hear me out, cause hear me out on this one. I'm, I'm going to try and, and readjust this, but, um, you know, journaling is a great space for it. Um, but also, uh, prayer now, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, Ooh, dropped a bomb in here. It's like, and, and the yeah. thing is like, you know, I think that, uh, prayer is, I, I often try to describe it as like, look, prayer is a pattern interrupt. To, if, to kind of bring it down into like its utility. It's very sim uh, it, and, and I think it can be very similar to journaling. Um, and I don't remember where I heard, but I thought it was like, yes, this is such a beautiful way of looking at it. But when you look at prayer as a way of getting really, truly honest about yourself, you know, the truth of yourself is really, I think, where the, the actual power of it lies um whether so it's like this is it's beyond a sense of like you know belief in any kind of religion it can just be a device a tool through which you come to understand yourself um and there was some author it might have been frederick buchner but it was something to the effect of sometimes like is that prayer is a place where you can say things that you can barely whisper to yourself, mm. you know, like things that, that are just so deep in you that are just that, that often contain such a, a seed of, of, of shame typically around it, you know, um, where you can, you can confront that in some way. There's some, there's a space that you, you allow to, to do that. And, and I'm just saying this because I think that, the the kind of the kind of knowledge that you're talking about in terms of getting to know who you are and yourself like anything that you can do in your life where you where you contact and and find a deeper connection to that that essence of who you are i mean is those are all things that that I think we want to integrate as as regularly as a practice as possible 
in our lives because you know the more in touch we are with that the more the creativity is allowed to just flow you know because shame is such a shame and guilt is such a creativity killer yeah such a creativity killer and that not 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 feeling good enough like i man i i relate to that one too i think there's i think probably most of the world relates to that <laughs> when you get honest enough like how many of us feel that way this this constant sense of of not feeling good enough of not measuring up um not doing well enough comparing ourselves to other people and and just you know it's it's such a creativity killer you know and not a particularly great use of our energy <laughs> in the day you know so um whenever we can use and develop and uh you know practices that that allow us in a safe way to contact ourselves and get to know who we are all sides of ourselves you know the good the bad and the ugly um you know is is always a good thing and i would say an essential finding whatever practices you can in that way are essential yeah it's it's funny how like uh you know people can get so triggered over certain words right and uh i mean when it comes to you know just to kind of comment on the big bad word of prayer <laughs> people have associations with these words like oh we're a legend you know blah 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 or whatever and like look i mean i i get it like like i think there's been a lot of cases where religion has been captured and corrupted and used poorly and there are shysters out there taking advantage and um you know people have uh you know, they don't want to be manipulated. Um, and I think religion has been used in certain ways to manipulate and control. So I totally get why um, anybody would say, well, I, I'm not religious and, you know, I don't want to do anything. But like, look, just because these religions, you don't necessarily believe in what they're saying or because they have been corrupted doesn't mean that every idea in them is bad. There's lots of great ideas in, in each and every religion and spirituality. And in fact, the only reason why even a cult exists is because there's good ideas within it. It's just the problem is, is those good ideas are usually manipulated. So, mm -hmm. um, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of situation where you go like, um, you know, cause like a word we use often is faith. And I think faith, um, you know, people often attribute that to like a religious context and it's like, well, faith is a great thing. You don't need to be religious to have faith. You know what I mean? And, uh, you don't need to even be religious to have a belief that there's more than what's going on than, you know, I mean, and I'm not saying you should, or you can do whatever the heck you want to do, but it's like, um, at the end of the day, like I, I care about human beings tapping into their highest sense of self and that resource and figuring out how to utilize it, express it and live the most fulfilled, authentic, uh, visionary lifestyle that they can possibly find. And if you're going to stifle that because some asshole came along and corrupted religion um and you're so you're not going to use words like faith and prayer and things like that as though they're even valid in your world 
I think you're just doing yourself a disservice. You, you, you're, you're, you know, you're cutting off your own nose to spite it. It's like not worth it. So um, look at it this way. There are lots of good things out there and you don't have to take all of that from anything, but if something is good and something actually helps you like be open to it, consider it. Um, and the, you know, when I was uh, in university, I studied a lot of different religions because I wanted to just, I was a big philosophy buff and I just loved understanding these bigger ideas. So I investigated pretty much most of the major religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, like everything. Like I just, Sikhism, I went into it all. I like looked into it. And what I started to find is like between all of them, like there's some really good stuff that we all we all kind of carry with us. And just because one group uses that stuff doesn't mean you should throw that good thing out because they use it too. Um, you know, like, and I think the thing is, is that we have these weird triggers in our culture. And I don't think these triggers are always well thought out. Um, and and I, I think this relates to the process because if you're limiting yourself from, for example, having faith because some religion promoted it and you think that that's bad, um, you've only hurt yourself because faith is, is not a religion's claim. Faith is a thing in humanity. And um you're allowed creativity yes like if some it's like imagine a religion claimed creativity like we're the creative religion or something and now you can't have creativity in your life because the people might think you're oh that religion or something it's like who gives a fuck what people think first of all like you got to get over that and i i say that i've said that many times i'll say it again and again it's like get over what people think of you it's the it's fucking poison don't worry about it. Don't worry about what people think of you because most people, and I don't think I'm wrong in saying this, are fucking confused and lost and have no fucking idea what's going on. Nor do you. So stop worrying about what they think as though they know and they have something on you and they can decide whether you're good or bad or worthy or whatever. Like none of that shit matters, you know? And once you free yourself of caring about being accepted, being liked, being approved of by fucking other people, you are free. You are a free being and you can be creative and you can find out. And here's the thing. When you start figuring out what's inside of you and you get true and authentic about that, you're going to find other people that are connected to that and they'll like you and they'll accept you and they'll love you. So don't worry. Don't even fucking worry. There's a picture I saw today, such a great picture, showed a pair and another pair like, like on a tree and the one pair is like leaning up against the other one and one pair is rotten. And then the pair that's like healthy is rotting on the side where it's touching this rotten pair. Now, when you think of being liked by people, I want you to think, consider the fact that this person might be rotten, not that they're a bad person, but their thought process, their values, everything they think and do 
is rotten, not because of their own fault, not because they're a bad person, but because they've been rotted by culture, by society, by a whole bunch of other fucked up things. And now they're rotting you and your need to be liked by them makes you rotten because you're rotting to, to, to be connected to them. Free yourself of it. Like, like just free yourself out and you find out that you could be a fresh fruit <laughs> hanging out with other fresh fruit. And you might realize like, Hey, look, people actually like me when I'm healthy and when I'm doing what I love and when I'm free and expressive and, and, and weird. Cause you're weird, man. We're all, <laughs> we're all weird, Yeah, but we don't know it because we're trying so fucking hard to fit in and be accepted. It's okay to be weird. Like being weird to a rotten piece of fruit is a good thing. You know, being adjusted to an unhealthy society is not being well adjusted. You know, it's, it's, you, 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 you don't want to adjust to rotten, you know? And, and I think like this really relates to this topic because you will never know what you're made of if you let yourself be rotten because you need to be liked or need to be accepted or need to be whatever. Um, and look, I don't think that these other people want to be rotten either. And I think as a human being, you're not rotten forever. You could be rotten. You could grow up in a rotten fucking family with rotten values and rotten everything. And you could purify yourself. You could get out of it and you could become unrotten. You know, we're not destined to the shit that we were born into. We can free ourselves from it, but you have to decide, okay, this is toxic. I'm out. I'm moving out. You know, I'm going and, and they won't like you for it and you'll be different and you won't be accepted, but that's okay. You know, but it's your life. Like why live a rotten life just to be liked by rotten people, you know? And it's no, I'm not saying, and, and I'm going to say this one more time. I'm not saying rotten people are rotten at the core, but they are rotten because of their faulty beliefs, their faulty programming, their abusive parents, their shitty cultural teachings about certain things that, you know, they, they were not given the best things and now they're doing their best, but unfortunately they're putting bad things onto other people and they're scared and they're weak and, and, and they need to decide to stop being scared and stop being weak. And you don't need to be scared and weak with them. That is just so fucking important. And I, I want to scream that from the fucking hilltops, man. Stop being scared and weak to fit in with scared and weak people. Like fucking get over it, man. <laughs> Shots over fired, it. Brandon. Shots fired. <laughs> Gotta watch keep out for fucking those... firing them, man. Because look, it's death, man. It is fucking death to live your whole life scared. You really like? Do you really want to live your whole life scared? Do you really want to do that for yourself? I want you to like. I'm speaking to our audience right now. Look in your heart and ask yourself: Am I scared? And how long am I willing to live the rest of my life like this? Because I want you to fucking stop today. And if you can't, I want you to try. I want you to look outside of fear because outside of fear is all your dreams and everything. It's, it's fucking fulfillment. It's love. It's everything. And fear is rot. 
It is human fucking rot. And we were not born to be scared. We were born to live and be free and be creative and love and express. And if, if anything in the world is stopping you from doing that, it is fucking rotten. I guarantee you, I cross my fucking heart and I will die for that. It is rotten if it tries to make you scared. Only sociopaths and narcissists and fucked up people do that. That's it. People who are confused, people who are hurt are the only people that wish you scared. People who love you, fuck that, man. They do not, they do not want you to be scared. They want you to be free and they want you to express and they want you to see what you're made of. I fucking promise you that. And if you don't see that in your life, I'm telling you, and I'm your fucking guardian angel right now, because I have been in the darkness. Fuck, I've been there. And it is rotten. And it is full of fear and bullshit. Leave. Leave. You can leave. What am I supposed to say after that, Brandon? <laughs> Man, I just, I just, I want people. I just, I just, I know what it's like. I just, it, I know what it's like to be depressed and to be scared. I know what it's like. And I wish that upon no one. And I wish to free everyone of that because I believe that's modern day slavery. I believe people who are scared are enslaved. And I, 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 I believe that at the bottom of my fucking heart. And I was once enslaved. I have been enslaved. And I will never be enslaved again. You cannot scare me. You cannot. I will fucking die for things at this point. Like, I, I have transcended that at the very least. And I wish that upon no one because I don't want anyone to have to live the rest of their life fucking scared. I think it's a fucking waste of your life. I think it's a shame. And I think you know that. I think everyone knows that in their heart. And I think it takes someone, like... Like I'm at the brink of fucking tears because I know how much it fucking hurts. And I'm just doing a podcast with my buddy and I like, I'm bearing my fucking soul here because I'm trying to tell people like, don't give in. Don't give in to fear, man. People will scare the shit out of you. They'll try and take away your job. They'll try and take away your money. They'll try and take away love. They'll try and take away everything from you. Don't fucking be scared of it. You are love. You are money. You are the value. They can't take it away from you. It's you. It's fucking you. Once you realize that you are free because you are unbound by this world and no one can ever hold anything over your head. Can we learn that as humanity? I wish, I wish that in my lifetime that people will get that because I think we will live in the most beautiful fucking world if people saw that and we all treated each other like we were the value and we stopped looking at money and fucking things and all that bullshit and some job and some status and some whatever because you're a fucking creative being living in this world that can do anything, anything. Do you not understand? Like, and, and if no one ever told you that, I'm telling you that today, you know? And I, I, I just, I wish that kids were born with that message and encouraged that from day one until the fucking day they died. 
as they would have lived. And that's what matters. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I said my piece, man. Holy fuck. I almost just decided to call it right there. I almost just I almost just hit the stop button. I almost just hit the stop button and be like, I don't know. Where can we go from there? Let's just talk for a second about beer. Uh let's talk about beer for a second. Uh I'm drinking uh Zunga or Zunga. It's a golden blonde ale from Town Site Brewing. Uh, which I believe is in Powell River. It is. Yes, indeed. Um, it's it's great. It's delicious. It's like uh, it's like a yeah, it's like a gold nail. It's not it's not heavy. It's not light. It's kind of in that in between spot, and it's delicious. What nice. can I? Say? It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good to have a good beer. Um, well, I'm having one from Big Rock Brewery. It's a nice little local Vancouver beer. Um, this one's called the Tragically Hip Lake Fever Lager. Oh, and nice. uh, yeah, it's pretty tasty. It's like, um, it's actually a really good lager because it's light and, and easy, but it has um, a little more of a nice, like, I, I don't even, like, I don't even know if I'm being accurate about it. Let me see. Hold on. I want to say it almost has like a honey kind of flavor to it, but it's like, it's like, it's got a little bit more. Like I find sometimes lagers are so boring. They're like so plain and then that's okay. Cause on a hot day, sometimes that's all I want. I don't want to have a too flavorful beer and, and think too much, but um, this has been a pretty tasty lager. It's been pretty good. Although I will say that the title of this beer, Lake Fever, Lake Fever Lager, like sounds like the title of a horror movie. <laughs> Like lake fever sounds like there's some, you know, you went to the lake and there's like some type of monster out there. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just kind of wondering and like if it is, I feel like I'm a I'm a bad uh I'm a bad person if I don't actually know this. Um is that a song I've, gotta, the I've actually got to do it. Yeah, I was going to say is like is that actually a song, but it is. It is. Okay. Of course it is. All right. Yeah, because I was like, that's that's a song by the hip. I'm almost sure of it. Cause it's like it's got tragically hip in the in the in the title. And uh so yeah, Lake Fever is one of uh one of the songs from the Tragically Hip. If you've never listened to the Tragically Hip before, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness is all I have to say. Mm. Um excellent. Well, man, uh I think uh we should wrap this up. Um, wrap it up. I'm going to, I'll go first uh, and I'll let you close things out. Um, but this has been a good conversation. I wanted to bring in just one, because I did mention this at the start. Uh, and I feel like if there's anyone listening, he's like, you said you are going to talk about the Beatles documentary. Uh, and it didn't. And it's like, so uh, I just want to touch on that a little bit because it did have something to do with this conversation. So, um, the 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 get back documentary that recently came out about the beatles just a fantastic for me it was such a fantastic inspiring um glimpse into 
people who were modern day are modern day creative geniuses uh and you get a glimpse into some of that process and how silly and playful and funny and how unprecious the whole thing kind of was for for these people you know like the part of the process was just a like goofing off you know being silly and out of it came some of the most iconic songs that the world has ever known in what looks like a bunch of people just like what like are they getting anything done are they actually doing any work you know i'm i'm sure there's an element to which you know it's been cut and certain things have been emphasized and shown but even if that was like there was so much there there was just so much play so much um you can see people who've really started to understand their relationship with creativity and how they relate to creativity and how th the creative process works um so i think maybe that's just my last comment if you can find a way to watch it it's it's a bit of a watch it's three parts that like makes up somewhere between six and eight hours of footage but it is uh it is worth it and just watch it with the eye of of seeing seeing cr the creative process and how i know for me it definitely shattered some illusions that i had of some of these these individuals that made up the beatles and how they wrote songs and how songs came together it definitely broke some of my ideas of of what i thought that looked like um but it's it's so incredible so what i'm saying is be like those guys <laughs> be like john and paul and uh and george and and ringo you know and and just engage and I'll, I'll also note that they, that these are people who wrote hundreds of songs that never ever got recorded because they weren't good enough they weren't solid they cut their teeth on hundreds of shitty songs to understand what might look like a very bizarre and undirected process of writing but the results speak for themselves you know the music that ended up coming that coming out so don't judge the process of your creativity, how your creativity works. What works for you is what works for you. And that's the only thing that fucking matters. What works for you is what works for you. Don't judge it. It doesn't matter. Again, to piggyback a little bit off of you, Brandon, it's like, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter if someone else looking out at you from the outside in looks like it's just a bunch of nonsense. If it's works, If it's working for you, it's working for you. That's it. Great message. Yeah, I think that's the point of the whole conversation. You know, what works for you works for you. And and you don't know what works for you until you find out what works for you. So you got to search it out. You got to seek it out. And you got to, you know, and, and it's a lot of trial and error. And I, you know, I will remind everybody, like, look, you could fail, like, 
nine times and succeed once. And none of those failures matter because the game of success is to win once. That's all you got to do. You just got to get it one time. So you could fail a hundred times, but if you get one win, you win the game. That's all that matters. It's not like, oh, I won this many times and I failed this many times. None of that matters in the game of success, in the game of trying to figure out what you're trying to do. You literally only need to figure out one thing that works. Um, you know, uh, there's a there's a saying uh, actually by law enforcement with criminals is like we can like the police will say, for example, or the detectives will say we can fail. Um, we can get it wrong like 100 times, but all they have to do is get it wrong once and we got them. And that's pretty much the same with success. You know, it's like you you just need to get one thing right. And then you're going to be on a new game and you got to look at it as a new game. And every every success is its own thing. And you only have to do it one time. And when you get a success, you beat that game and you start a new game. And that's how it works. Um, so, you know, don't, don't compare your failures to your successes. I think this is a really important part in figuring out your process because you're probably going to find that like out of 10 successes, you had 90 failures and it's just going to look like you're a big failure. But if you don't, that's if you compare them like head to head, but they don't compare head to head. They, they're actually very different things. Um, the, the, in fact, the reason why success and I, you know, it might sound unrelated when I'm talking about success, but the reason why success is so cherished is because it's rare and special and hard to get. Um, that's why you get a one out of 10 ratio in a lot of cases. So when you're looking at your creative process, look at it like success. All you got to do is figure out once, and then you have a creative process, and then you have a way in, and then you're onto your new game of figuring out your new way in on a new thing. And you're going to add up and, and, and all you're going to use is that if you get 10 creative processes that you figure out, all you're going to use is those 10 creative processes, maybe for the rest of your life. And those 90 uh, failures that didn't work out, you're not going to focus on them. You just focus on the lessons they taught you about what not to do and how to do what works better. And that's your creative process. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.